0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Baseball, there's no person I'd rather talk with than Tim Allen from the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show. Timmy, what's going on?
2: What's happening, Toby Wan? It is, uh, well, it's a uh, Tuesday morning in which... You know, the Brewers' uh, games are being magnified as we move along, not only in the season, but in the series and in the stretch and the dog days and the pennant race. And these games are starting to get uh, just a little bit more magnified. That being said, uh, we talked about it last night on the show. I'm wondering why I wasn't as, as uh, emotional in last night's loss as I was on Sunday. I mean, it is the Cardinals. So that, that probably, probably plays a little bit of a part in that. But it's just like, okay, it's it's a big game, but is it as big as as the Cardinals series? Now, again, magnification of these games is going to accelerate as we move along. So maybe tonight's a different story.
1: Yeah, I mean, I sure, certainly hope so. But it, it's so hard to have faith. Tim, you and I have been beating the drum for this Brewers team saying that, look, there's a chance get them into the postseason, see what happens. At this point, the postseason isn't guaranteed anymore. And I want to have faith that this team can do stuff, but when they have games like last night where – Look, you had a decent outing from Freddie, just getting you four innings there. I, I know you'd like to see him go longer, but the the Dodgers were doing a good job of extending at-bats, and you're still getting him acclimated, but only giving up one run, all right? So then you turn it over to the bullpen, and then Willie Adamas throws one away, and I, I was listening last night, I'd agree, why is Trislecki in that game, in that sort of situation? But even so, I think he came out there and pretty much did his job, mm-hmm. outside of Willie throwing the ball away. Giving up four runs to the Dodgers, as stupid as it sounds, should be counted as a win when you look at that hitting staff. And yet the Brewers can't even manage a single run. And so you, it doesn't even matter if you only gave up one or two, you didn't stand a chance. And it's just tough to have faith in this team when in the second half, at least you'd seen an offense come out and be consistently putting up something for this pitching staff and now it looks like they're, you know, I, I know it's only been four games now of real struggles with the Cardinals series, and then one game against the Dodgers. But it looks like that offense is trending towards being the offense we saw in that first half again.
2: Yeah, and and they had big stretches, big window of time where the offense did exactly this: runners on uh, uh, third with less than two out, uh, table set, first and second, no outs, and you don't even come away with anything in a lot of those situations. We went through that. Uh, in the first half in a, in a big window, then they got it together and you could see some of the, uh, you know, potential of this offense and, you know, it, it, sometimes you have to work with, and this is just me. And I know a lot of people are, are really calling for the small ball and, and, you know, however you define that, because there's different definitions of how you define the small ball, but. I think it's situational. And, and in last night's case, you know, you're you're down one zip and not it's not panic time per se. But I think uh, a message sent across the diamond when you answer back a little bit, your offense has been struggling. So if you know that, instead of just riding it out, being a little more on the bullheaded side, trusting, giving your guys confidence, that all plays a part, and I, I can appreciate that. But sometimes it's, hey, man, I need to get this even. I need to somehow get this even and answer this Dodger team back. It gives my pitching staff a little more confidence on the mound as well. And and I would have bunted. I really would have with with Willie up there, two on, nobody out. Just get a runner over and uh, leave it up to McCutcheon to get get the ball in play, get that score back to 1-1. One, one. But that's me. That's just we all know that's not Craig Council. It's, it's just not going to happen. I would have done it. Just because it's more than just the 1-1 one, one tie, it's a message sent across, across the way. This was, a, this was a big game in that, you know, you couldn't get through the first inning again. First inning of the first game of a series. That, that might get to me uh, more than a lot of things in baseball. I, I think that means a lot. And, and those of you that have listened to me for many years, you know how I feel about that. Can you get through the first inning with a moderate pitch count and no runs on the board? It's always a struggle. And when you fall behind, he had two outs. Pitch count was a little heavy, but then it's a, then it's a solo shot from Freddie Freeman. And, and you're like, oh, man, see, Dodgers set a tone here, and off we go. Now, you mentioned you know, that, that uh, four-run uh, output by the Dodgers, and I think you're right in that that gives you a chance to win. And now it's late on the, uh, on the offense. The pitching, uh, I will say on a positive note, uh, Jason Alexander saved a lot of arm in that bullpen last yeah. night. He really did. Now, why wasn't he the first to call uh, out of the pen in that fifth inning? Maybe it would have made the difference. I, I, you know, In terms of that one unearned run given up by Streslecki, Tim Tim Shea's boy. He's a big Peter Strzelecki fan. That's my he's, boy. He's wearing
1: a Strzelecki jersey <laughs> <Yep>. today, too. Got it on today. That's
2: that's right. But, I, I mean, maybe it makes a difference. Probably not. You need to actually score to win a baseball game. So that's, that's where it lands. But thank goodness for Alexander. And you need to answer. Now, this is pretty important, too. Is this game tonight as big as Saturday night's game with Burns on the hill to even up the series against the Cardinals? I don't think so if you're going to measure – the magnitude and size of, of this game tonight, but it's a pretty sizable game. It really is. And Woody, I mean, absolutely outstanding since coming off the I.L. He, again, is going to give you a good chance to win. And those of you doing a side-by-side comparison, wow, take a look at what money can buy in batting averages up and down that lineup. Boy, just money <laughs> well spent there. Yeah. Isn't that funny?
1: Yeah, that, that that's definitely the truth. You look at that Dodgers lineup and – I mean, it is spectacular, and like you said, it's money bought. I mean, some of it's trades and stuff that they've done, but Mm -hmm. for the most part, when you can spend the money like the Dodgers can and have, then you can win those games like that because you have the guys. You do have them. I want to get your thoughts on this, Tim, because if there's two things we've seen out of the Brewers this year in their offense, I I don't know if it's posted in their clubhouse or something, but it seems like their two big tenets are the long ball and patience at the plate, right? They hit lots of homers, and you hear this stat brought up all the time. The Brewers see the most pitches per at-bat in teams in the majors. In general, I think that's a good idea. I think having patience at the plate is good. But do you think that's maybe an outdated philosophy to have at this point, Tim? Because you think back to the older days, you think back to 70s, 80s, 90s, and even just 10 years ago, when you had a guy coming out of the pen, he might be a soft thrower, he might have one or two pitches, that are okay, but in general, you want to see the reliever. Now, you might get the starter out of the game, and don't get me wrong, you want to get Julio Arias out of that game because he's a stud, but in general, when you bring in these relievers now, they're all throwing 98 and got a wipeout slider. Is that maybe an outdated philosophy that the Brewers need to look at of maybe trying to ambush these guys a little bit more as opposed to Trying to get them out of the ball game because getting into the bullpen, I don't even know if it's as, as good of an accomplishment anymore as it used to be.
2: Against Strzelczyk, uh, leadoff hitter swung uh, two of the first four pitches. Second batter swung three of the first five pitches. The batter swung two of the first four. Now, now I don't know if you, by definition, want to call that the ambush or the attack. Maybe you would. I go back to the Cardinal series and Matt Bush in the game. Look what the Cardinals did late in that, that uh, I think it was game one. Ten of 12 pitches. All 12 pitches uh, thrown by Matt Bush, 10 of them were swings by the Cardinals. There's, there's foul balls, there's swings and misses. It's certainly in there. There's balls in play, obviously. Ten of 12. It, it does seem like the kiss of death sometimes when Craig Counsel says his game plan you know, it's 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 sitting there with Euchre on the flagship on the on the pregame show and Euchre says, Well, you know, Craig, what's what's your plan against this cat? And he's like, Well, we gotta show some patience. That usually is um a bunch of strikeouts <laughs> and about a two to three run total. Yeah. <laughs> because because I, I just I don't believe I've seen it. Now someone could do the math and, and do the research on it. I don't think there's been a situation uh at all that I can recall and I and I do kind of follow this sort of thing that a, a Brewers offense swung at 10 of 12 consecutive pitches. I, I I don't I don't know. I maybe it's I'm I'm sure at some point it's happened but you know in a clutch situation you just see the attack and and these guys run on energy a little bit. This is a this is a chemistry makeup that is you know, Willie Adamas energy and smiling and let's go and let's you know. look at McCutcheon. He's always on the attack. Maybe some of that can drip off into the rest of the lineup. But if that's the case, that this is an edict sent down from the manager, I think sometimes swivel from that and, and just go get a guy. Just go get a guy, get him on his heels. And, and we just don't see that as much as some other teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see some changes, but at this point, I think they kind of are where they are at, and I know you're going to be the more positive one, and we've got plenty of negative people, but where do you stand with this team? Are they making the playoffs? you still think they got a good shot to be there?
2: Yeah, I questioned myself yesterday on the air, and that was, am I not upset because it's finally dawning on me? It's finally, uh, it's a complex issue for sure, but you know i've processed could it be that this team just isn't what it what it is mm-hmm. and they're not going to make the playoffs and that's why you're a little chill on a four zip loss to the dodgers and then i went no no that's mm-hmm. not the case they're still a good baseball team i'm going to i'm going to stay with it and as i said you talk to me on september 24th let's check the situation there right now I do recall where this team has been. I do know uh, that two games back in the Central with 48 to play is in no way, shape, or form ever an opportunity to just throw in the towel and join the Dunn Club. It's just, it's just you, can't, you can't do that. Not, not in baseball. Too many weird things, too many sideways things can go down, and you just never know. Now, I have given up, however... On the one or two seed. Now that part, I <laughs> might be headed back to my corner of the ring and grab that towel and just kind of throw it in a little bit. It, this, this, the wild card is not out of contention, and the division clearly is not out of contention. So, yeah, I, I, I argued with myself internally, and I won the argument, and I'm not giving in.
1: Talking with Tim Allen, the host of the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show here on the Bart Winkler Morning Show. Toby Altizer filling in for him. Tim, I'm going to play you a highlight from last night. I know it's not going to be a highlight you like, but here, here's what I'm talking about. If it'll play. Hold on. Here we go. In the left center. Long run for Yelich looking up
2: and it is gone. Gavin Lux. The Wisconsin kid hitting a two-run home run. Dodgers double their lead. Went the opposite way against the
1: lefty. Am I missing something? Uh, does Gavin Lux play for the Brewers now? or My ears are hurting. <laughs> Is that a little odd that Ampham sounded super? I get the local kid angle. I do get that. And cool that he gets the homer in his home state. But come on. Well, I... Are we cheering for the Dodgers now? Like, what's going on?
2: I, uh, I know Gavin. I've had him on the air. Uh, I went to high school with his with his mom. Um, my son plays played ball with him and and against him, and I gotta admit, a uh, good kid, really really good dude, and and a hard worker, and got some great advice from his uh, uncle, Augie, who was a uh, first round selection by the Blue Jays back in the day. He, he got some really good guidance and a, and a good kid, and and that's uh, sort of a homecoming of sorts. He'd been there before, but. Uh, homecoming of sorts with that with that long ball there. Uh I I like him like right now this minute. But we can get him in the batters box against the Brewers. Can't stand that kid. <laughs> I hate him, you know? I, I mean he would understand that too, but yeah, I I hear what you're saying. I'm sure a lot of ticket requests out for for Gavin and I'm sure his family is always always there. It's right in the neighborhood here uh for him, but uh yeah, that that was that was something. I I heard uh even even the announcers uh, occasionally last night say that a lot of Dodger blue in this audience. A lot of Dodger blue. Well, guys, it's 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 easy to be a fan of a lineup like that. I mean, it just it just is, and and that's the problem with baseball. And I'll go back to it. this. Is, this is the one time Toby and we haven't gotten to it yet. It's just been one one show, one post game show against the Dodgers here this year. This is the opportunity to really take a a close, detailed look at the, at the economic structure of baseball, how absolutely unfair this is. Mm-hmm. It, I, I don't even I, – I can't it, – it's it, – we're losing common sense here, I think. If anyone – and I'm calling out writers, broadcasters – if you guys really believe that this is fair and, hey, just throw your hands up, that it's not a big deal, you're fooling yourself – all of you guys are fooling yourself. This is a $100 million difference in a season's payroll. This isn't a collective five-year stretch where a team spends $100 hundred million more in a five-year stretch. This is in a single season, $100 million difference in payroll. Someone needs to say enough, enough of that because the Brewers last I checked are part of the Major League Baseball system. They're not the generals to face the Globe Trotters every day, every year. They're, they're not in a position to just provide an opponent. That's not the, the state and the art of competition here. This is absolutely 100% unfair, and you mask it up, Major League Baseball, you mask it up with the stupid nonsense of, well, they're getting a luxury tax, or revenue sharing yeah it's it's ludicrous it it really is now some some of it toby and i want to get your response too but some of this is is on uh you know the payroll system and structure mm -hmm. of your own organization and your ledgers and your profit and loss some of it is but the lion's share of this it's 100 percent not fair
1: well you're dead on because and, and this one hits home for me Milwaukee's always going to be at a disadvantage for this, but even some of the middle to bigger markets are not even being able mm-hmm. to stand up to it. Why is a team in Washington, D.C., is D.C. a small market, Tim? Oh, Am I missing a huge
2: metropolitan so, area? So,
1: why is a team in D.C. not even able to afford it? only teams in L.A. and New York can now afford these guys? Is that the only thing? And then San Diego, because they're the only team in San Diego, can find a way. But they're still in California, so they just find a way. Chicago
2: could, but they're just choosing not to. They've got revenue out out of their tails, and they just choose not to.
1: And, And that's what's so crazy is you can pick out a couple markets that say, you know what, they can afford the guys. And then if you have a few of them, like the Chicago, that decide that they're not going to, then they all just end up on two or three teams, and they're all in L.A. or New York. And that's fantastic for Major League Baseball when they think, Oh, yeah, well, we got the New York teams that's good. We got the L.A. teams that are good. Maybe that's we'll have another Subway baseball. series, and that's great for us, so that's good for baseball. Yeah. And it's no. just not. No. It's not. No. Like, being able to watch these guys and spread it out, like, how awesome was it? It might not have been awesome for the NBA, but how awesome was it to see the Bucks win a championship? And I think that was a very popular win. You know, people are going to come out and say various things, but seeing a guy in Giannis Tetacumpo decide to stay in Milwaukee and win a championship here, I think, meant a lot to, obviously, the people in Wisconsin, but a lot of fans like Giannis more because of it. Are you ever going to have something like that with baseball, or is it just going to be that every guy that is like that just because of the amount of money that they can be offered more by another organization ends up playing for the Dodgers or the Mets or the Yankees? I don't either.
2: No, no. You can't blame the players at all. No nobody I don't I don't think anybody in their right mind is gonna blame a player. Now, after you're a veteran uh seasoned guy, you've made a ton of money, you got a bunch of money, eh, you know, maybe you want to go home and, and you accept a little less and maybe you grew up in the Pittsburgh area and that's been your dream to play for the Pirates. I, that part of it I get. But I don't blame these guys for throwing their hands out there and people just piling money onto it. Not at all. It's a flaw in the system. And, and again, I you've probably hit up on Twitter or wh- whatever, some social media or, uh, saying Tim's whining about the – economic structure of the game again and that's fine but uh, don't fool yourself you're foolish if you think this is fair and and this 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 nonsense of oh well, well look at the the royals did it <laughs> okay yeah you, yeah, the blind squirrel, he's going to run across. He's going to be, be, be wandering around and bouncing off, uh, off fences in your backyard. He's going he's gonna to step on an acorn once in a while. He's going to find it. That's essentially what's going on. It's a bunch of blind squirrels trying to make things line up for a given year, and then it just goes away. It, ju- it just goes away because, you know, you got, you got markets like Philadelphia even just pouring money in, just absolute, just sieves of money is going in and then you have the brewers which again as i said just real quick as i said part of this is on on the ownership if they want to invest more money they're welcome to do that however that has to be balanced uh in in a in a singular type situation you're not going to you as a business owner wouldn't pour money in just to prove a point into your business you would pour money in if you're going to have a return on it Mm -hmm. Does Adonacio get a big return if he's going to float a bunch of his reserve money into his business? There's no guarantees of that. He wants financial certainty also. And that's what he doesn't get. If he's going to go ahead, and I'm sticking up for him a little bit, if he's going to go ahead and try and match the Dodgers, that from a business standpoint would be insane. He would not make any money for years if he did that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's for certain. One last one for you here, Tim. Looking at center field, big problem. You've you know, advocated for it. I've talked about it a little bit. One of these prospects, Frelich, wh- whoever it is, I know we want them up. What are the chances we actually see any of those guys?
2: There might be. I talked to Adam McAlvey yesterday, and he's thinking Terang might be one of those guys. Kind of a hidden sleeper kind of prospect, flying under the radar a little bit. I think at some point you have to look at the numbers. And you have to say, what is Jonathan Davis providing us? He's not providing us really anything now, right? And I've never talked to the guy. I'm sure he's a good dude. Nice defensive glove. But what is he providing now? Which is almost nothing. Hardly ever plays. But also, is he even a sliver of a chance to help the future? And so you have a twofold situation here. Does he help now, and is he part of the future? And I think the answers would be no on both of those. So that being said, where do you benefit from bringing Garrett Mitchell or Weimer or Freelich or whoever? Where do you benefit with that? Well, at least you can benefit as he's part of the future and getting his feet wet in the big leagues. And just starting that process here. As long as you're not going to play him anyway, which you're not in Jonathan Davis' situation, so why not bring the other guy up so he at least gets his, gets his uh, feet wet in the big leagues, as I said, and, and starts his career. And, oh, by the way, maybe he comes up with a hit here and there. Maybe he hits the ground running. Now, I will say this, that this is something to keep your eyes on with, with Jackson Chorio, who is the number two prospect, according to Baseball America, in all of baseball, and he's, he's a Brewer product. He's 18 years old, and he's the number two prospect in all of baseball. Let's keep an eye on this. Toby, I know you will. You've seen the Juan Soto at a young age Mm -hmm. hit the ground running. We've seen it. uh, Bryce Harper hit the ground running. These guys find themselves in an all-star game, having banner years at 20 and 21 years old. If he's the number two prospect now at 18, let's see how they handle this, or is it a – a, a regimented system here that they waggle their fingers at us that say, hey, bring them up, bring them up. No, we have a system here. They must play X amount. They must X amount of games before they come up to the big leagues. They need to taste every level of the minor leagues before they get here. They have to have certain metrics before they get here. All of those things, and which may or may not be the case. I don't know what their their schematics are on that, but... You have finally a chance at this very moment in time. Check back in a couple of months in the offseason. Chorio maybe maybe drops to number 18. But let's watch this to see how the Brewers handle a stud prospect. It's it's fascinating to me to see how that's going to well, turn out. What that, what do you think, Toby, they're going to do? I,
1: I think he's going to... I would hope that by, I don't know, the next year is realistic at 19, but we saw Soto come up at 19. Mm-hmm. If he's still tearing it up, I'd love to see him. Here's the thing. When Juan Soto came up, you'd mentioned Bryce Harper. He's the number one pick. He's expected to be a stud. He comes up. Juan Soto wasn't. I remember people in D.C. were thinking, wow, the Nats are overreacting to an injury and bringing this dude up too early. And then he played himself into a spot and he never left.
2: Never, Never looked back, right.
1: You know who reminds me of something like that? A guy like a Sal Freelick. a guy who just hits. He just finds a way. And -hmm. if you give a guy a shot in the big leagues, he might not work. But guess what? Like you said, Jonathan Davis, he's not working either. So if anything, what's what's not part of the future? Exactly. If if anything, what's the worst that happens? He bats 215, and you send him back down to the minors and say, hey, you know, at least you got your feet wet. We'll figure it Mm -hmm. out again next year. Like I, I don't see the cons to this and if you're saying well you don't want to start the service timer on them okay that's fine but you've got five or six outfielders you've got them so why wouldn't you at least try it and
2: you've been struggling to get some augmented help out of your farm system in terms of position player group so this is this is a legit shot at that at that you have a legit shot not only with him, but I, 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 think, I think everyone would agree that the Brewers' farm system is much, much improved yeah. um, on, on the position player side. So, you know, give, tinker with this. Well, it's, it's more, Toby, than, you know, just hitting the big leagues. I, I, I think we, we underestimate uh, environment. And mm-hmm. then that's, that's part of the process is, you know, these, these guys need to get up and, and find out where I'm going to sleep tonight. You know that that's a transition, and I know people are going to say, "Oh, Tim, they get paid a, bun- a bunch of money, and you can handle it." No, that, I mean they're they're human beings. They need to know where am I going to? Where's home? Yep. Where's home? Where where can I go grocery shopping? Where where are some restaurants? All these things play a part in their comfortable sort of uh, grasp of things, and you know the the quicker you get these guys to do that, and I always bring this example up over the years, Toby. It's like these guys even to the point where it's like, where's the bathroom around here? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's little things like that. Where do I get my my money? Is is it food? Where where, where do you guys want to eat? What time? When when does the bus leave? All those things come into play, and the quicker you get those things out of the way, the quicker they can focus on the field.
1: Yeah, and real quick, I'll let you go in just a second. You traded for Asturio Ruiz too, a guy that's already been in the majors. He's Why wouldn't right you consider there. him?
2: I think that's the guy, if I had to put a, put my finger on it, I think that's the guy. And it, uh, everyone's going to accuse Stearns of trying to save face on the trade. So I'm buckled in and prepared for that. But I think, I think it's probably going to be Ruiz.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting thing to watch down the stretch. Hopefully we're covering this team into October, but who knows at this point, Tim?
2: <laughs> Never know. I mean, hey, I, I'm still eyeballing, let's see, uh, Saturday, November 5th is Game 7 of the World Series. You never <laughs> yeah, know, man. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'd love for it to be the case. I would. I, I'm and not
2: going to ho- <laughs> I'll tell you one thing right now. I, uh, I, I booked a trip to Las Vegas, and my departure date is Saturday, November 5th. So I Ooh. want to make sure that I got all seven, just in case the Brewers go <laughs> seven, to, to, to kind of hose out the New York Yankees that day. I can stay here and then get to Vegas.
1: I love it. Tim, appreciate the time, man.
2: All right, Toby. Great job.